Hi, this is Pastor Daniel Bracken. You're listening to Kings Alaska podcast. I hope the word encourages you and you get a touch from God that brings transformation and equips you to experience life with people, power, and purpose. Thank you for joining us. Enjoy the word. God bless you. You may be seated. Take your Bible this morning and look to the book of Ephesians chapter 1. It's been a, it's been a long journey that... Uh, the first time I came here and preached in this building, Pastor Daniel was not here. I was, I was not married. I had no kids. Now we have five kids and I'm married with five kids. I need to put that in, right? I'm married with five kids. I am married with children. And, uh, <laughs> and the first time I came, I, I was traveling as a single evangelist. So my mom, I traveled with her. She was very happy. I took her to Hawaii, I don't know how many times, and, uh, because it's just smart. My dad won't fly, so I've been to, Kentucky, uh, to Alaska, I don't know how many times, but uh, he said, I've never lost anything in Alaska, I don't need to go up there and look for anything. So I said, well, Dad, you can just travel with your son, you know, who's world-traveling preacher. I've heard you before, he said. <laughs> Seriously unimpressed. So the first time I came, I, I stood on this platform and preached. And um, if there were 12 people in the room, I don't, I, I don't remember it. And that's counting me and my mama and the pastor at the time and his wife. And when I got finished, they asked my mom to do a women's meeting. And uh, the pastor at that time said, we're headed to Delta Junction. I've been to Delta Junction half a dozen times. You don't, you don't forget either one of those trips. But I walked off the platform, and I was standing right over here. I mean, I was standing right here, and, and my phone rang, and I answered, and it was Pastor Daniel, and he, and he was on Kauai. I had just left Kauai, and I was standing right there, and he said, how is it? I said, it's wonderful, but... This church needs somebody just like you to come preach in it. The next thing I know, I left that day. We were packed. We drove to Delta Junction. I preached for five days or whatever in Delta Junction. On the way back, the phone rings again. Pastor Daniel says, J Pastor Jason, um, would you be willing to come back to Kauai and fill in with, for me for a couple of weeks while me and my family go to Alaska? We believe the Lord's speaking to us. The next thing I know, I'm in Kauai, filling in for Pastor Daniel. So ever how many years ago that was, when I, I met, I met Pastor, uh, Dr. Morocco and, and uh, Pastor Daniel and all of the KC folks, I preached a, a revival in a little town called Lemon, South Dakota. Do y'all know where Lemon, South Dakota is? Are you serious? In lemon? If you're watching online, this is what you call a miracle. You have a son in lemon, South Dakota. We need to talk when this is over. I preached revival in, in lemon. I was, I, was, I was in Bible school, 1999. I was uh, 19 years old, almost 20, and I was invited to come by a by a couple. This is a fact. I'm not making this up. This was just my mindset at the time, so forgive me. But the couple was so old when I met them, and this is, uh, hold, hold the laughter till the end, because it's a serious story. 
<laughs> but it's true. I was 19, almost 20 years old. They asked me to come, and I said, where, where will I preach? Do you, Pastor? He, they said, no, we're going to mow down an alfalfa field in Lemon, South Dakota. We're going to put up a tent. The Assemblies of God will let us borrow a tent, a tent that Rodney Howard Brown used in North Dakota. They're going to let us use it in South Dakota. We're going to mow down an alfalfa field, and we want you to come preach. The only reason that I agreed, Pastor Kirsten, to go is because I thought, these people are so old, they're going to die before I have to go, and I won't have to go to South Dakota. That was a fact. That, that, you understand? I was 19, so just forgive me for all of that, but that's true. They didn't die. They didn't die, and the Scripture says, swear to your own hurt, but change not. So I made the decision. I was going to go to South Dakota. I went to South Dakota in July of that year, and the re revival broke out in this tent. Hundreds of people started coming. We went July, August, September, October. At the beginning of November, it got so cold in the alfalfa field in the tent. We didn't have a building. We were in a tent. We put the sides down, and then the people on the outside that couldn't get in the tent started complaining. We can't see. We can hear, but we can't see. Raise the tent. The people inside the tent said, heck no, we ain't raising the sides of the tent. Then the wind blows in. We get cold. So we raised the sides of the tent. They would... <laughs> they would drive a car up and pick me up, and uh, we'd go downtown, and the downtown bank would say 12 degrees. And I said, when it gets in the single dig digits, we're cutting the revival off. We're going to kill people, namely me. I was concerned about, you know, me. I'm like, I'm from Alabama. I ought not to be up here to begin with. I should have done, flew back with the snowbirds. And uh, so when it, when it was nine degrees that night, I said, we're done. We, it, so we had gone from July until the beginning of November until it got so cold that I just could not in good conscience keep people coming to the tent. So I said, we'll come back next year. Went back next year and revival broke out. We had a building, thanks be unto God. Revival broke out, I was there nine months. We went from there to North Dakota to a little town called Dickinson, North Dakota in the southeast quadrant there. Uh, some of y'all probably know there's Air Force bases, military up Minot, not far from there. So uh, we went there, and I, I think the first revival, the, the pastor scheduled me for three nights, and I was there for eight months. And uh, then a, a church in Rapid City, South Dakota called. Y'all familiar with Rapid? military base there as well. I'm sure I'm speaking to a few military families, but uh, went down there. He scheduled me for four nights, Sunday night, Monday night, Tuesday night, Wednesday night. Revival broke out. I was there 54 weeks. There were times I would preach 21 times in a week. I was 21 years old. I'm a firm believer that if America does not have an encounter with God, we will cease to be the nation that God has called us to be. We must have an encounter with God. The only legitimate place, the only legitimate source for an awakening unto God is found inside the church. And I'm not talking about inside a building. I'm talking about inside the hearts of believers who are hungry and thirsty. God has a Feed the Hungry program. If you hunger and thirst after righteousness, you will be filled. He promised you that. God has a Feed the Hungry program. If you're hungry and thirsty, God will visit you, God will meet you, and He will use you to change multitudes of people's lives for the rest of your life. So it was in that little town of Lemon, from the little town of Lemon, 
when I was leaving after the third revival that had gone for, for nine months, I went back, revival kept going. And the pastor stopped me and he said, Jason, I know you've got to go, but what do we do? I said, as an evangelist, this is all I can tell you. You need to find somebody that can come in here and teach people how to fast and pray to sustain what God has done. They said, he, and the pastor said, that sounds like a good idea. Do you have any suggestions? I said, not really, but I did see a man on TBN. Y'all remember when TBN was good? I saw a man on TBN. <laughs> I saw a man on TBN, and I said his name was Dr. Bob Rogers. He pastors in Louisville, and he has a doctorate in fasting. Y'all to try to get a hold of him. Next thing I know, the, local, the, the nearest airport to Lemon, South Dakota, is almost three hours. They called in Dr. Bob Rogers while he was coming in. He wanted to know from the pastor, why? Why did you call me? We had a great revival, many souls saved. The church doubled or tripled in, in size in nine months in the middle of nowhere in northwest South Dakota. And that evangelist told us we need to find somebody that can teach us how to fast and pray. When Pastor Bob heard about that revival, he called me and said, we need you to come to the Evangel World Prayer Center in Louisville, 10,000 members strong. And I said, I'll come. I went. He scheduled me for three nights. I was there for 14 weeks. For the first 12 weeks, Pastor Bob, Pastor Chris, Kirsten, you probably know him, right? You, you, you're familiar with Pastor Bob. He's been here quite a few times. But uh, about 10 or 11 weeks in, I would say, he would say, Bring a, bring a pencil and a piece of paper. I'm going to give you some numbers of some pastors you need to call and go preach for. But on the 12th week, he said to me, come into the office. I'm going to give you the name and number of my dearest and closest friend in the world. And I said, well, why didn't you give him to me first? And he said, well, his name is James Morocco, and he pastors on Maui. I said, why in the world did you, why did you give me all these other names? I mean, if, you, if I can go to Maui, why, why, why would I go to Milwaukee? I mean, why, why are you telling me about all these other people? I don't want to go to Canada. I want to go to Hawaii. So I called Dr. Morocco shortly after that because the revival kept going for a couple more weeks. I called Dr. Morocco, and he said, Jason, would you, would you give KC in the islands, would you come over, would you give us three weeks of your time? Will you give us three weeks of your time? That was funny looking back on it now <laughs> because I don't go anywhere for just three days, you know what I mean, much less three weeks. I went for three weeks and ended up staying in the islands for over four months traveling from island to island to island to island. That's where I met Pastor Vince and Miss Ava. I didn't get to say hi to you, but hello, woman. <laughs> and my dream in my life was to always come to Alaska and minister. And I was standing at the airport on Kauai, Pastor Kristen, and I had my ticket in my hand. I was coming to Alaska. <laughs> yeah, I was coming to Alaska. Going to Alaska, I'd sung that song as a young boy. <laughs> And I was standing there, and the phone rang, and I didn't want to answer it because my dream's about to come true of going to Alaska. I looked at the phone. It was Dr. Morocco. I can't not answer Dr. Morocco's call. And he said, Brother Adair. I said, yes. He said, are you in line? I said, I'm in line, getting on the plane to Alaska. He said, I want to change that. I said, I said, where, where, where am I going? He said, California. 
my daddy in Alabama told me never to go to California. <laughs> and I told Dr. Morocco that on the phone. I said, my daddy will disapprove. Folks from Alabama ought not to be in California. It was a Saturday. I'm standing in line. He said, I want you to go to California. He said, just preach Sunday morning, Sunday night, Monday night, and Tuesday night. Wednesday, you'll be in Alaska. I said, I think I can endure California for a few days to get me to Alaska. What do you think happened? I got to Antioch, California. I preached Sunday morning. The place erupted. You remember that probably, right? The place erupted. When I tell you the power of God, the fire of God fell, the place erupted. That night, the building was full. A phenomenon began to happen. Honey began to flow down the back wall of the church. Anyway, I don't want to go into that, but it did. They called the exterminators to come because they thought there was a beehive up in the, up in the rafters or in the attic. They could not find one honey was flowing every night I would come in incidentally I was supposed to be there four days nine weeks later I'm still in California and I hadn't made it to Alaska yet <laughs> but revival broke out every night I would walk into that building I'd walk into the foyer I'd take my hand and I would swipe it through golden honey that was flowing down the wall the wall of the foyer chair and I'd eat a handful of it and I'd go into church and preach <laughs> KC is a revival place. King's Cathedral and Chapels is revival. You're revival people. You're not status quo people. You can't stay around KC if you're status quo people. If you're just rigid, religious, you're not going to make it. it. It sifts you right out. So if you've been here for any time, congratulations. You deserve to reach around, pat yourself on the back. If somebody won't pat you on the back and say, we've made it this far, I believe we can still make it. I came to tell you what the Holy Ghost said to me as I've been praying, because this ain't the first time I've been in this service today. I've been in prayer for this for a couple of weeks. I've been in this meeting. Weeks ago, I was here, and I kept hearing the Holy Ghost tell me to tell you, you really can do it. You really can do it. You really can see the the promise of God come to pass. You really can see the fire of God fall from the northern slopes of Alaska all the way down to the Pacific Ocean. You can see the power and the might of God on display in Kentucky. You can do it. You do not have to give in to the lies or the deception of the devil. I'm ready to preach now. You don't have to give in. You can fight and see the defeated foe under your feet once and for all. Somebody shout a hallelujah to Jesus. Now, did I give you time to get to Ephesians 1? Let's read it, verse 15. Therefore, I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for the, all the saints, do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling, what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe, according to the working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his own right hand in the heavenly places. Where did he seat him? Verse 21, far above. Above is good, far above is better. 
far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named not only in this age but also in that which is to come and has put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church which is his body the fullness of him who fills all in all. In other words, the church is the mechanism that God uses to fill the earth with his knowledge and with his power. God's not using heathens to do it. He uses the church. That's why Paul says later in the book of Ephesians that he is sanctifying for himself a glorious church. Somebody say a glorious church. A glorious church, not somebody that's beat up and beat down, but somebody who understands that if the head is glorious, the body has to share in that glory. Okay, all right. Just trying to locate where you are. Because I'm a firm believer. In theological circles, the church on the earth is called the church militant, while the church in heaven is called the church triumphant. I'm telling you, I believe the church militant is also triumphant now before we get to heaven. Jesus won a victory over the devil that the devil cannot recover from. The first promise, we just celebrated it coming out of December. The first promise that was ever made, the first prophecy was by God the Father himself. Serpent, you're going to crawl on your belly. But the seed of woman is going to crush your head. You may bruise his heel. His humanity may feel it. But he's going to crush your head. That word head is not lock It's not the coconut. It literally means the head or the CEO of a business. In other words, Jesus is going to upset your entire business world and you will never recover from it because of what Jesus is going to do to you. Woo! I'm glad I came to Alaska. I feel good right there. Jesus is triumphant. And he is the head over the church. If the head's triumphant, then the body must be triumphant. Now let's look how this triumphant power comes to us. Look at this. First of all, he says in verse number 17, I'm praying for the spirit. If you have your Bibles, you ought to look at it, that the spirit of wisdom and revelation would come to you. This is Paul's prayer for the church at Ephesus. I pray this prayer over me and my church every day because it's in the Bible. It's scriptural. It'll work for us. Ephesians 1 right here and Ephesians chapter 3. There's another Pauline prayer in chapter 3 where Paul prays for the church at Ephesus in chapter 3, verses 14 through 21. But right here in verse number 17, he says, I'm praying that God would give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you would know what is the hope of his calling. Not the hope of your calling. What's he called to? Because as the body, whatever he's called to is what you're called to. We are here to continue the ministry of Jesus that he started on the earth. Heal the sick. Cast out devils. Raise the dead. Cleanse the lepers. That's your job. That's my job. Somebody smile at me. That's your job. I want to know what the will of God is. Find out what Jesus did. Do that. WWJD. Do it. Whatever Jesus... <laughs> They're making a comeback. Have you noticed that? WWJB, JD bracelet coming back. I'm like, Lord have mercy. Have I lived that long that I'm seeing this thing come back? And, they're st and people are excited about it. It's like, that happened 30 years ago. Whatever Jesus did, you go do it. That's why Jesus gave a parable and said, the, the end result, the end point was he said, occupy till I come. What does that mean? It means keep carrying on the family business. 
I'm going to leave. This is what Jesus is saying. I'm going to leave with my foot on the devil's head. I'm going to leave. You keep your foot there. We're going to pass this on through the family so that every child of God keeps their foot on top of the devil so that his kingdom remains destroyed and inoperative until I come back. That's the purpose. But how do we get there? The eyes of your understanding that you would be filled with the spirit of wisdom and revelation. How many of you have ever been a powerful, how many of you have ever been in a powerful powerful servant. Your life was literally rocked and changed by the power of God. And then you walk out and meet one of your friends and they're like, yeah, you know, it's like, what are you talking about? The whole atmosphere was permeated with the power of God. And you're like, like, no, what that means is this. One was hungry. One was not. Please remember this all the days of your life. Please remember this. What I'm about to tell you is an eternal truth. God feeds according to appetite. The hungriest people in this room will pull out of the minister whatever it is they're hungry for. Is it true? Because Here's the thing. A preacher's not the preacher in a room like this. You are. You determine through your hunger and thirst what God says to you because the pastor can get up here and have a boatload of notes, but you'll hear them say like, uh, well, I guess them notes are no good. Uh, this ain't in my notes. What that means is somebody's pulling something. The hungry are being fed. If you don't like what's being said, you're just not hungry enough. Get hungry and thirstier for the things of God, and God will feed you. Remember, God has a Feed the Hungry program. So there are people that come into a room and the power of God is moving. The Spirit of God, like right now, the Spirit of God is moving while I'm, while I'm talking. You know why? Do you remember when Peter went to Cornelius' house? The Bible says, while he yet spake unto them, the power of God, the Holy Ghost fell upon them at Cornelius' house. <laughs> Isn't that something? If the Holy Ghost never falls while you're talking, you might need to change your subject matter. While Peter was talking, the Holy Ghost fell. While Jason is talking, the Holy Ghost is moving. It's true. Because when you're hungry and thirsty after God, He moves on your behalf. So the place can be permeated with the power of God, but it's only those who take, a, who take their faith and reach out and take hold of it. The spirit of wisdom and revelation is right here in this room with us right now. But it's up to you how much of that you receive in your life and how much of the light you walk in as a result thereof. Can you say amen right there? It's up to you. It's not up to somebody else. It's up to you. So he said the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge. Here it is. It's right here. He said, now you got to have your hearts flooded with light. You got to open your heart up for it to flood your heart with light so that you may know. Know what, Paul? What is the exceeding greatness of his power toward you, toward us who believes? According, listen to that, According to the working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ. King James says wrought. This is the only time in the Bible that I can ever find. I could be wrong, but it's the only time in the Bible that I've ever found where God ever exerted himself. You ever exerted yourself? Like, I strained a little bit too much right there on that. Like when I was putting my suitcase in the back, I was like, 
I might have overpacked. God exerted himself one time in all of Scripture. It was not in the parting of the Red Sea. It was not when he held the sun still. None of that. It was not when the Jericho walls fell flat. None of that. It was at the resurrection. That's what Paul is saying right here. Paul is saying the victory and the power that the believer has, the snapshot image of the power that the, that the believer has is the snapshot image of the resurrection of Jesus, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead. The word wrought or worked is the word exerted. As a matter of fact, the Amplified Classic Bible actually says, which he exerted in Christ when he raised him from the dead. So the image that you get in Colossians of Jesus being crucified, laid in the tomb, and all of the demons trying to hold him down. That's why the Bible says there in Colossians chapter 2, that he hurled off of himself principalities and powers and made a show openly over them. They were trying to keep him down. Why? Because they had heard him say, in three days, destroy this temple in three days, I'll raise it back up. So all the demons said, we ain't letting him up. And Jesus said, they ain't enough of y'all. I'm coming up. When the Father tells me to come up, I'm coming up. And that snapshot image of that resurrection, come up, my son. Rise! When Jesus starts hurling off principalities and powers and God is raising him from the dead, Paul says, take a snapshot of that because that's what's in the believer. Did you read it? What is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe? He paid that resurrection power forward into the church. Why can you do it? Why can you have victory in your life? Because Jesus already bought it. Why can you have victory in your life? Because Jesus already gave it to you. That's why he said, take my name, take my, take my word, take my power, and go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Casey, you can do it. You can do it. Everybody in this room, you can do it. You don't have to be a failure. You don't have to fall behind. You don't have to be somebody that, that gets beat up. You're not here to be a punching bag for the devil. You can rise up in the authority that Jesus has given you and put the devil on the run in Jesus' name. Well, I hope you were encouraged by God's word. Thank you again for listening to Kings Alaska podcast. God bless you. For more great content, go to casealaska.com. And may God's face shine upon you and give you peace.